What up guys, welcome to episode 15 of the Fair City Podcast. Still be here hosting as always. This episode is a special one as I'm joined by two brilliant guests. And I know what you're thinking, but I can say that at the start of the recording quite confidently as I have already interviewed them. I experienced my first unusable recording at the weekend due to the microphone being more interested in the gentle breeze than the three of us. Anyway, moving on from that, my guests have kindly agreed to try again. Firstly, I have Nicole Lumsden, who's the lead facilitator of the Perth branch of Andy's Man Club, and Jim Mackey, who's another facilitator of the group, both of whom have been involved for almost two years with the group. So, firstly, gents, thanks for doing this again. Uh, <laughs> no worries, not a problem at all. How are you both doing today? <coughs> Good day. I'm still pretty tired from the weekend, if I'm being honest, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been pretty good. Just a uh, nice chill this day at work, I guess. Excellent. Cool. So, we'll talk about Andy's Man Club first, and then we'll, we'll talk about the Perth one. So, just quickly, so the club first started in July 2016, and again, like I said on Sunday, correct me if I'm wrong on this mm-hmm. one, following the death of founder Luke Ambler's brother-in-law, Andy Roberts, Luke experienced firsthand the devastation left behind and wanted to make a difference and stop others going through that. So, guys, tell me about how the club has grown from that to what it is now. Well, initially, it did just start as, a, well, Luke wanted to get the message out there that, that guys can talk about it. So he, he'd organised a couple of friends to turn up to a coffee afternoon, I guess, and pretty much kicked off from there uh, you realise that when guys are together they're they're willing to talk about things so uh, they thought well there's some there's something in this they created their first club in Halifax and I think it was seven guys turned up on the first night and from there it's just grown massively we got our first group in Scotland which was Perth that was two years ago to the day <laughs> and uh first four weeks there was n- nobody turned up it was Alec and Adam the guys that created it were sitting on their own waiting for pe- people to turn up so for four weeks and then on the fifth week I think there was about eight people turned up yeah. and then it just kicked off from there uh, started sharing it on social media we got the, the TV got involved I think it was STV News they did a piece and it just grew and that's where I sort of heard about it from STV News and got involved Excellent, yep um, so yeah that's that's how the Perth group came about and <coughs> like you say that's been two years now and how many members are there in the Perth group now? Oh, uh, 140 something on the Facebook page Yep, we've got a closed Facebook page where guys can get added to it and it's just an extension of the group, mm-hmm. it's totally private and it's, it's only available to people that attend uh, there are a lot of people that don't have Facebook as well so maybe maybe looking around like 200-250 mark I would imagine over over the time and we're aver- years, yeah. yeah it's massive, we're averaging around 45 every week with, you, yeah. with our, our largest numbers being 50 which is mind blowing if you consider where it all started and like this, the whole stigma around guys not wanting to talk. People say, "Oh yeah, guys don't talk about the problems." Well, I can show you a room of fifty guys where, yeah. uh, <coughs> where that's will do. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, you've got that. Plus, you've got suicide itself can be quite a hard one for anybody to talk about. Mm-hmm. Whether it's just 
whether it's an experience or from an outside looking in, it's, it's sometimes quite a hard word to even just say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really good. Um, so, going to last weekend, Nicole, so when I saw you on Sunday, you stood up in front of the tour bus and told your story in front of all those people about the night that you nearly gave in to suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, tell us a bit about how you went from there to where you are now and how the, the club managed to help you. Okay, well, it was the 14th of November 2017. I'd been diagnosed with depression, anxiety and insomnia for about a year. And I just, nothing seemed to work. I'd been on tablets and been reading all the stuff that the doctors tell you to read. And nothing was working. And I just kind of felt like I was burdening my family with my problems so my mum would come in and check on me all the time my partner at the time she would have to, she'd be cleaning up around me because I just couldn't get out of bed and um, I felt like I was burdening people at work because I wasn't at work and it was just kind of spiralled out of control really and on the night of the 14th of November I left my house and walked it, the 45 minutes it takes to get from where my house was into town Um. It was a bit of a blank because most of it's most of it's still a blur, to be honest. But it, I was, I went missing from nine p.m. until one a.m. So I don't know what happened in between. And at one a.m., I was found standing on the railings of the Queen's Bridge, and just ready to jump, I guess. And it was two police officers rushed down Tay Street to the bridge and grabbed me back from the bridge and uh, I kind of remember breaking down it was pretty horrendous just sitting in their police van trying to explain what had happened and they sort of got the ball rolling with the, the sort of help and support they uh, they took me home that night because there was someone there that I could, could keep me safe in the morning I went to Carsview in Dundee where I was admitted for a week and then transferred to Murray Royal for a further five. Now, before then though, I'd attended Andy's Man Club for four weeks and I'd never said a word to anybody. I'd literally never spoke. I sat with headphones on the whole time. And throughout the time that I was in hospital, they were supporting me like like a, f- a friend would, I guess. So messaging, do you want us to come and visit you? Do you want, um, do you need us to bring you anything? All this sort of th- things. How are you getting on? And although I, I didn't take them up on the offer, it kind of kept me going in the way that I, th- I was realising that people did actually care. So I got out on the Monday, six weeks later, around 5pm, the first thing I did was go to the group and I was welcomed back as if I'd never left. And... From there, my, my journey just got better and better. I've been able to talk, um, whereas before I couldn't talk on a one-to-one basis. And now I regularly do public speaking or tell my story to anybody that's interested or, or do interviews, I guess. So about a year ago, Alec and Adam, who were running the Perth group, started creating another group. So Dundee, Dunfermline, Glenrothes, which just opened. And they asked if I would like to run the Perth group, which I was absolutely honoured. I, 
it's uh, nothing I expected, but if I could give back to the group the way they helped me, then yeah, I, I would I jump to the chance. And then from there I was appointing facilitators because the group just kept growing and growing. Couldn't do it on my own. <laughs> Had to split the group up into smaller groups. Um, and now I think I've got around eight facilitators in Perth, which it doesn't seem like a lot, but uh, it's sometimes we're, we're really pushed for uh, the amount of guys we've got to, to run the groups. But um, then they're all fantastic and they've all been through the exact same journey I have I've been on. I see the uh, I see the journey they've come on from when they first came through the door to not being able to speak just like me and then to be able to support other guys through their sort of journey with mental health and suicide I guess and when you see that that's the, that's where they've gotten to in their journey I think it's uh, it's quite a good thing if you to be able to say to someone do you want to facilitate and the look you the look they give the look on their faces can be amazing sometimes we've had had one guy at the weekend who was absolutely flying and I know Jim was yeah pretty buzzing when I'd asked him as well so um it's just it's it's almost like they've just although you've still got like poor mental health you've found ways to overcome that and you've you can now offer that support to other people which is incredible so just looking back the journey I've been on is massive but I can also see the journey others have been on and it's it really is just all thanks to the group and the support that we we give each other so and I imagine it's it's no small task you know to be a facilitator or a lead facilitator so the level of trust and confidence in you and yourself Jim to do that job when you're handling such a potentially serious Mm. delicate situation you know that that must you know give you that boost as well. So no, it's yeah, it gives you a huge boost. It's massive, uh, massive feeling of pride and belonging um, that you're able to give that something back. Because for the first while you're at the group, you just take and take and take because mm-hmm. you need it. Yeah, uh, and and realizing that you've got to the stage where you've managed to stabilize yourself so that you can then help somebody else get out of that horrible dark place is just huge definitely so I guess same question for you Jim and you can can go into as much or as little detail as you want but how did you become involved with the the man club Um, basically I almost got bullied into going by my wife Um, (laughs) and I think there's quite a few guys turn up at the group when there's, there's women have handed them leaflets or uh, mentioned her name on a Facebook post or whatever. Um, I'd had a few um, doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, CPN, had all kind of mentioned the club because the guys in Perth are pretty good at putting us forward because um, they've realised how good a job that the group does. Um, so I took about three or four weeks thinking about it. I spent three weeks sitting in the car park at about five to seven and just turned them back out again because um, it's all as far as I was concerned, all this kind of like, you know, therapy and all this stuff it's all about airy-fairy um, and I was still being a bloke and I didn't, even although I'd spent 
um, a night in a car park taking 120 tablets. I didn't need anybody's help. Um, but finally went through the door. Um, I remember the first week being in the club and I still kind of was going, they're talking about brotherhood and they're sitting in a circle and I was like, this is just maybe a little bit weird. Um, but by the time we've been for two or three weeks, um, it's made massive changes to my life. It's made massive changes to my kids' lives, massive changes to my wife's life. Um, I spent about seven years on out of the house when I moved to Perth. Didn't know anybody, wasn't interested in going out, didn't need anything. Um, and now I'm at the club, we're out every single Monday night and like the club starts at seven at Medellin Park. If I'm not in Costas by five o'clock, there's something wrong. Because <laughs> uh, I just want to go down and see the guys. Yeah. Um, and four, five, six times a week, I'm out having a coffee with the guys. Um, we having it through to Dunfermline in the car. It's just, they're just, yeah, it is club related, but it's not just clubs. They're, they're like, they're mates. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we've all been through, as Nicole says, we've all been through that similar journey. Um, and the feeling of belonging and knowing that somebody else knows exactly where you're coming from, um, is, is just so huge. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, I started going to the club and now it's, it's probably the biggest part of my life. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that was, you'd said that on Sunday as well when mentioned about how maybe calling it a club was the wrong thing because it, it seems more, I'd said community and then yep. you guys had said, you know, it's, it's a brotherhood, it's yeah, family. Yeah. And that was, looking back, that was obvious on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't think of the word, but I could yeah. see it. I could see mm-hmm. the, the, sort of the love and respect that you all had for each other and it, you know, it did yeah. feel safe. And it's not, it's not just the Perth group. No. I mean, listen, we that spent the weekend no. on, on that bus and since I've come home, I've had... 10, 12 Facebook requests that have been followed up by comments and stories and messages. Yep. Um, and that's guys you've met once. Mm-hmm. I'm the exact same. Yep. Yeah. So that's a nice lead in then. So tell me all about the Suicide Awareness Tour. tour. Uh, it was an idea that Luke had a couple of months ago. It was literally just a couple of months ago. Yeah. He put out to the facilitators, guys, let's get a tour on the go for suicide prevention week and I think is the request the spaces on the these buses were filled up in minutes so Jim and I were very lucky to to get a space on those buses Um, it said we're going to get tour buses and we thought it'll be a minibus it'll be uh, we'll be touring about in a minibus we'll probably crash in a hotel and we'll just get out there and shout about it and then when he posts the pictures of these giant like tour buses that musicians use, it's like we've got two of them and we're going to get them covered in decals and we're like, wow, this really is going to be something. This isn't just a, oh, we'll turn up here and see see if people turn up. This, yeah. is, this is going to be huge. Um, so Jim and I, we were meant to fly down to Manchester, but at the last minute the flight got cancelled, which is really unfortunate. So we jumped on the train. And headed headed down that way, um, a different location, and to prove the brotherhood sort of thing that Jim was on about, 
two guys we'd never met before picked us up at the train station in Leeds and drove us to Halifax. Never met them before, but we were just chatting away like we'd known each other for, for years. So um, then sort of jumped on the bus the next day. One bus goes north, one bus goes south, 20 guys on each. And the sort of the journey began. We stopped at each location. So we had 11 each based around the 22 clubs that we have. We'd stop and... I don't think there was a single stop where there were there weren't people there to meet yeah. us. So members of the public that you saw in Perth, we, there was a, over, well over a hundred people there in Perth, and as well as guys from the group, as well as well us on the bus. There was so much support being drummed up beforehand. We had the media show up and it, doing interviews and handing out leaflets and wristbands and stickers and. It was massive, and the buzz you were getting from people was incredible. People go, oh "My God, like, like this is this club saved my life," and you're hearing everyone else's stories, and it's you are blown away by it. And chatting to guys and going, telling them about the tour, letting them know what it is we're we're trying to achieve, which is to let guys know that it is okay to talk, and that we do have this group here, and this is what we do at this group. And we were getting guys that were like, I never heard anything about this before, but it sounds really good. And yeah, it's uh, it was it was just an absolutely phenomenal weekend. Um, we spoke to so many people in so many places, and it was it wasn't just blokes. There was men, there was mums, there was dads, there was wives, there was kids. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, just going through that whole brotherhood family thing, there was just huge amount of emotion in every single stop mm. because guys were, um, well, guys and, and wives were like pulling Luke aside and just saying, thanks for starting this group up. I've got my husband back, I've got my dad back, my granddad's still here. Yep. Um, and that was great for us, but what we took on, I mean, we knew about the club. But when we took off on Friday afternoon, Nicola and I sat in the conversation. It's just like, if we get one guy out this weekend, one extra guy turns up next week, it's magic. It's going to be brilliant. We can, you know, we're saving lives. What's, what's better? Mm-hmm. And it was just apparent very quickly that it wasn't going to be one man this weekend. It mm-hmm. was going to be one man and one man and one man and one man. Yeah. Um, it was brilliant. I yeah. Mean, Knackered on Monday. I would do it again next weekend oh, and the weekend after. Without a doubt, without a yeah. doubt. And I mean, I witnessed that. I seen you talking to someone before we chatted, and I know you can't say whether they came or not, but it seemed like as he was walking away, you'd just given him that extra confidence to step through the door. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's a uh... uh, well, we won't obviously name names, but the particular gent we were speaking to did turn up yep. on Monday. There we go. Which is exactly what it's all about. We're going around chatting to people and. It's just having a having a smile on your face and being really positive about something that sounds like the worst thing to do is sit in a room full of guys and just talk about problems. But this guy turned up and I've been messaging him since and he's buzzing. He, was, he thought he was incredible. He's, he's coming back. That's yeah. what he's telling me. So it, it looks like the tour's been successful. I mean, we looked for one guy and we got 111 
new guys new guys yeah. walk through our doors last week on that was monday bearing in mind you're going to get a lot of the guys that had plans mm-hmm. or had to build up the confidence to come along the numbers we're expecting are going to get bigger so in the in the next day pretty much we had yep. 111 guys walk through the doors all over the country which is incredible that's, that's really good um, so for those people though who maybe haven't had those experiences what would you say to people that like they feel they don't have the right skills or experience you know like but they want to come along they want to help in some way i mean what would you say to them come along come along give it a shot it's there's no qualification standard we don't sit and tick boxes we don't judge we don't judge anybody for anything mm-hmm. um and it, it's uh, I was saying this the other day actually one of the guys it's just this whole weekend and this tour has just changed me because I've not just seen the guys at Perth because we're almost unique at Perth we're very very kind of brotherhood family mm. orientated definitely um, but these guys you met on Saturday morning at 8 o'clock and then by 10 o'clock you saw them and they were all just desperate to tell everybody and anybody about this club mm-hmm. and it's, they just want to share it and it's like it's made such a difference to our lives um, it's given us our lives back Yeah. Um, and you just want to tell everybody, they want, we want every guy in the whole UK to come along and try it yeah. um, you know and your problems might be that you've been in a car park or on a bridge you know trying to do maybe yourself but there might be I'm having hassles in my relationship at home. Mm-hmm. It might be my credit card's getting out of order and I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. You know, everybody's demons are different. Yeah, yeah we've got guys um, that they come along because they don't have any friends. They're lonely and they come along to the group and realise that, well, you've got us now sort of thing. They go out for coffees, um, help each other with the gardening. and It's, it's incredible, like, just chill out and play the play the PlayStation or Xbox and they just they realise that they're not alone anymore and they've got well on the Facebook anyway they've got right. 140 guys that have got their back mm-hmm. and for when I see that I just I don't know it gives you this overwhelming sense of achievement that you've this guy's walking out the door now with a wristband on and yeah uh, and joined the Facebook page and he knows that he's got all these people that are he's, he's wanting to know where he can get a t-shirt and he wants to know where <laughs> he can get a hoodie and mm-hmm. you know it's huge yeah I, I keep saying it's huge um, but it is it's just like yeah. and none of us are medical professionals at all uh, but we have guys that come along who don't have any well mental health well poor mental health or any guys that have attempted to take their lives or anything along those lines, but they just want to give back because they see that there is this need to help guys in this situation. And all it takes is just come along and listen. You only need to listen to guys. And that's enough, really. And yeah. at the Nobody's going to force anybody to speak. No. Nobody's going to make you come back the next week. You'll find you want to go back the next week, but mm-hmm. nobody's going to go right. Well, that's it. You've signed up for a six-week session. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, it's just come and give it a go. It's free. Well, what have you got? Loads two hours at your week. Free what coffee, free biscuits, mm-hmm. and no one's going to ridicule you either exactly. because one, they wouldn't want to, but two, they don't have the ball. 
No, well, thanks. yeah, <laughs> yeah. The 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 ball is a good. It's a good thing. It's a sorry, a physical manifestation of your turn to speak. Yep. So the guys know that if you don't have the ball, you're listening. Yeah. Um, because if we've got a guy that's never shared before and he's holding the ball and he's talking, if you're interrupting that guy, that can throw him back like really badly. Mm-hmm. So the guys respect that and understand that, look, this guy... We've, we've all been that guy there on our first week mm-hmm. or our second week or our third week opening up for the first time. And it's no, it's not easy. No. Um, it's not easy. You're, you're doing something that you've been trained all your life not to do. Um, you know, you're told all your life that you're the bloke and you go out and you earn the money and you put the food on the table and you just suck it up and you get on with it and then you go down the pub and have a laugh with the boys. Yep. Um, which for some folk might be the truth mm-hmm. and it might be the way their life is, but we're all different. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that like, Luke talks about is that burden aspect. Yeah. Is you, you keeping it keeping it all on yourself, you yeah. know, and you, some people find they, they've got their mechanisms to deal with that, but a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. And people don't always recognise that. That's exactly what happened to me. I spent I had seven years sitting in the house, not having a life. There was no gym time. Um, I was there to look after the kids. I was there to make sure the wife was sorted. I was there to make sure the mortgage was paid. Um, the holidays were booked. That was that was my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't matter what I was getting out of life, but it just it got so much and so much, and all of a sudden I just I broke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas I now don't need to break, I just go and have a coffee with, you know, any of the guys yep. um, and get things out there. And yeah, we get out there and we, we, we moan at each other about things that aren't perfect, but we also have a bloody good laugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. There's yeah. uh, been some times in the group you've got guys in tears but also rolling about the floor laughing as well. It really just depends on on the sort of well the questions questions one to three are always the same, but four and five can they'll change every week. And some of them can really hit guys hard in terms of striking up emotions or past experiences, but then other ones so for example it could be what's your favourite joke? And that can just you can walk out of that room in bits just from laughing so hard that it's uh, it's so it's amazing how warning though there are some that are awful as well. I was gonna say my favourite one <laughs> probably doesn't suit the tone of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean some of them can be vile mm-hmm. as well, but I mean it it's all it's, everyone knows it's in good humour or some of the shares that we get can be very harrowing, but the guys all understand as well that that's what we're there for. Um, it's a safe place to share and to to talk about any problems you've got and and release that burden. Pretty much, yeah. There's uh, there's everything's everything's up for discussion. Really, if you yep. want to talk about something, go for it. Things we tr- would like people to avoid are medication, religion, and politics. But I think that's fairly doable. Really, it's just a. Uh, Mate, we're not there to debate each other. We're just there to to help each other, and the guys get that. Yeah. That's that's 
And I, I never thought about that. Actually, medication would be quite divisive because some people would say you don't need it, whereas mm-hmm. other people would be like you definitely yeah, need it. Then it's yeah. what works for you. Exactly, it doesn't individual. work for somebody else. Yeah. So we just avoid it, and that way, everything seems to work pretty well. I I reckon it's uh, there's no time constraints on how long you should be sharing for, how long you should be chatting for. It's it's literally the floor is yours if you want to. Pass the ball, fine. If you want to chat for half an hour, go for it. It's, yeah. it's, if we don't get through all the questions, at least you've shared and at least you've, you're leaving that room feeling better. Um, or if we do decide that we're going to continue, we're there till 10 o'clock, we're there till 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. It's, it really isn't. It's it's not an issue for, for the guys. No. Um, they know how difficult it can be. And if a guy sits there silent holding the ball for 10 minutes, that's what happens. Yeah. Um, until he's ready, we'll we'll be there. Yeah, you would expect in a lot of places that guy would somebody would be going after like a minute, going, "Come on, then, all right." If you're not doing anything, you're more likely to get a cuddle. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. If you're doing it with us, yeah, somebody definitely. will go up and make sure you're all right. Yeah, yeah. And that that is good because yeah, it's okay to talk, but it's still okay to just take those steps towards building up the confidence to talk. Exactly. So yeah, no, absolutely. And so I guess that's some of the some of the barriers. That you just need to overcome mm-hmm. to get men to talk about, and you were saying about the laughing or the crying. That that is just the the release of emotions, which yeah. is still a victory, regardless of which emotion it is. Correct, because it's more than they did before they walked through the door for That's the first it. time. I know they've taken the brave step to get through the door. So yeah, um, so I guess one of the things would be that families and partners are the ones sort of closest to, you know, that one man who needs help. You know, what advice? Would you give to those people of any apart from? I, I kind of asked it before. It's more or less get them to the club. But is there any other advice you would give to those people? Um, uh, the guys that go to the club, not just the facilitators, any of the guys that go to the club, will gladly have a chat with somebody, message them, meet them for a coffee, mm-hmm. anything, um, just to get that initial. You know, because like, yeah, going to a club on a Monday night for two hours where you're going to be almost expected to share your story and your problems is quite a scary step to get to. Mm-hmm. But my pal Jim will take you for a coffee and let you know what goes on is a bit less scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so using abusers for, for that, we're like, we're here to get the word out. Yeah. Uh, as I said earlier, we just want everybody to have a shot of this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you know anybody that goes to the club, have a word to them, and they'll be more than happy yeah. to, to speak to you. And in terms of friends and family getting involved with encouraging guys to come through the door, it I get a lot of messages on Facebook from family members saying, "Where do you meet? I really think that my partner could could use this group and." I don't think we really need to all we need to do is keep sharing the word that the group is there and what it's about and family recognise when there's a problem and that there are ways to to deal with it like my mum she uh, she was the one that she she didn't convince me she she guilted me into going to the group Um, you also get some partners that almost trick their, their partner into coming to the group so oh, we're going to go to Costa for a coffee they sit down 
get a coffee and I'm giving away tips here I shouldn't be doing this but <laughs> um, <laughs> right there's Andy's man club go and join them and they're like what do you mean I'm like go and join them and I'll pick you up at nine o'clock <laughs> and the guy said they're like I, oh, I don't I don't want to do this but we'll get chatting to them they get involved they have a laugh and they sort of realise that like, it's, it's not as scary as you as you might have thought it was and like yeah so to conclude family and friends I think a lot of the time they can see when like their partner or whatnot that man is struggling and something needs to be done and they're very proactive in contacting us or turning up places and so a lot of the time they recognise the, the, the situation before the man does mm-hmm. yeah yeah. yeah, it's sometimes easier looking in from outside. Yeah, well, um, to to see that something needs to happen. You kind of normalise your sitting in a corner, staring at a television or, a, or an iPad, or and not engaging with the outside world. Yeah. That can very very quickly become normal. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean it's healthy. Yeah. And both those examples are quite good as well in a way because it's it's we've talked about you know, stepping through that door, but this is showing you don't need to do that on your own. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go through the door on your own. You can have a familiar face go through the door first with or with you or mm-hmm. just right behind you. That's it. As well. So that's it's exactly and the facilitators of the group stand outside, come rain or shine, and they wait for guys to come through the door. Um even if they turn up late, there's always someone watching the door for the guy that's maybe straggling outside, walking past the door, and we're like, we've seen it happen so many times, you run outside and go, you looking for Andy's man club? And they're like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and you're like, come on in. And that's all it takes, really. A lot of the time it's about, you, you see a guy coming along, you go and chat to him, and before they know it, they're through the door without even noticing it. You're just chatting away, saying, how are you getting on? Where did you hear about the group? And whatnot. And then you're like, best chat of line ever. Do you want a brew? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're through the door and you're like, do you want a tea or coffee? And they're like, oh, yeah, great. Um, and then you go, so it wasn't as difficult getting through the door, was it? And half the time, like, oh, Jesus, I didn't even notice that I'd done it. <laughs> um, but it's about making it comfortable because you, we know how daunting it can be. We've done it ourselves. And if we can make it easier for that one guy to, to come through the door, then, then we will. We've also got guys that monitor the, top, the car park in McDermott. For guys sitting in their cars, yep. and they'll walk over and go. You look for Andy's man club. Sometimes they're they're not. They're just yeah. watching their son play football. But other times, they they're like, "Yeah, I am." But yeah. I, yeah. essentially, it's just the guys come through the door, realise that we're not any different than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we were them months ago. Yeah. Um, We've got facilitators of the group and members of the group from 18 to 80. Um, so there's somebody is going to be in the age range. Mm-hmm. There's somebody going to have a football team in common or a TV program in common or something. They're, they're going to find common ground uh, when when they get there, but it's just getting them up to the door in the first yeah. place. Yeah, definitely. Over to you. So is there anything you want to talk about that we haven't highlighted yet anything I think it's the way I try and explain it to people when I'm trying to convince them to come along is well, one, it's only two hours out of your week for the guys that say I'm too busy 
Like it's literally two hours. That's all. That's all it is. Um, the guys that aren't too sure, well, what have you got to lose? Really, it's you. You see all these guys that shout about it and say, "This group saved my life." They can't all be. They can't all be making it up. That's mm-hmm. we've in the UK. We get. We've had the past couple of weeks six hundred and sixty guys come through the door. Now that's incredible. Like for someone to say, guys don't talk about the problem. For they do, and they're starting to. And the numbers twelve months ago were about two hundred and eighty. Yep. So it is definitely needed, and it could just change your life. This is what we, th- we try and get the message out to people. Like, do you want to feel the way you're feeling all the time? Or do you want to do something about it? Like, do you want to try something else? You maybe tried CBT or all these other things. Come along, just try it out. Like, there's no, there's no sign up. Like Jim said, there's no. If you don't like it, it's fine. It's not for everybody, and we understand that. But at least try it once before you can, so you can say tried it. Maybe it wasn't for me, but for me, the peer support is just so much more. There's a place for psychology, there's a place mm. for psychiatry, there's a place for, for, for therapy. But knowing that you're not the only guy that's doing this and that there's loads of other guys out there that have got the same things in common, been through the same uh, horrid places, and they're just, they're just guys just like you. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, it's the uh, um, best thing I've ever done. Hugely. I'll second that. The fact that I can actually speak now, whereas before I would have headphones on all the time or I just I couldn't speak on a one-to-one basis and now it's pretty hard for me not to <laughs> like not to have something to say is is amazing. And my mum and dad have got their son back, uh, whereas on that night it could have been totally different. So, And I kind of owe it all to the, to the group. As, as well as my friends and family for supporting me but the group is what has changed who I am as a person and given me that confidence and yeah. well, I mean I, I, I had uh, a huge moment on Sunday uh, when the bus came up into Perth and, and I knew my wife supported me going to the group but until Sunday I didn't really know how much um, and she actually I pointed out because she was like who's Luke? And I pointed out, looked at her, and she went and grabbed him and hauled him aside and basically said, thanks, my kids have got their dad back, mm. um, and I've got my husband back. Massive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely massive. Definitely. And Sunday was another big day for me as well, turning up mm. in Perth. I was given a speech, just explaining the tour and what we've been trying to achieve. And as I was doing that, a gentleman was happening to be walking past, saw the bus and thought, oh, hang around here for a wee bit, see what's going on. I told my story and then afterwards he came up to me and uh, was like, I, uh, that was me that phoned the police that night you were on the bridge. So he, he relayed off the information. So the time where I was standing, the, the date and the, uh, he had happened just to be walking past or walking down Tay Street on that night and he saw me standing on the bridge and he phoned the police. Now all this time I've never known who it was and the coincidence alone kind of I, I, it's hard for me to put in the words really but um, 
the fact that we're doing this tour and I'm doing a speech and this, the guy that two years before had phoned the police on me standing on the railings of the bridge happens to be walking past when I'm giving a speech to over a hundred people about my journey. It's absolutely blew me away. I couldn't believe it. And uh, my mum as well, she was an emotional wreck, <laughs> which is uh, which is understandable. Uh, my dad was there as well. He was speaking to my sister, my nieces. They were all there, uh, and my my partner, she was there too. So it's it doesn't happen. These are things you read about in newspapers. These ha- these things happen to other people, and uh, the guy was just as stunned as I was to to be walking past and going. I always wondered what happened to that guy yeah. that was standing on the bridge that night. And now he's standing in front of 120 people telling his story. He's been on this giant UK-wide tour trying to save the lives of other men. Like that. And saving the lives of other men. Yeah. That's, it's, it's mad. It's absolutely crazy. So, yeah. I'm, it's, again, it's, it's, I'm so thankful to that guy for, for what he did that night. And so are my family. But I'm also really thankful for the, to the club for then helping me on this journey to, to where I've got to now so I can give back and help other guys out there. It's um, it's mad. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's fascinating though and it's just that sheer coincidence as well. It's just mind-blowing. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, completely. And so, yeah. I, so there's currently around 20 locations. You said 22, wasn't 22. it? 22 yeah. now. Across the country, mm-hmm. what I'll do is I'll put them on the on our site as mm-hmm. well, so that people can see if anyone's listening to this and they're not from Perth, yeah, they know where to go. Every single club is seven till nine on a Monday, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, the Across exact the same format, the exact same questions. You can turn up at any group, and it'll be the exact same. Yeah. Um, which is what we want. We don't want it to be different for any guy that wanted to the same experience. Yeah. I could walk into one down in Exeter and it'd be the exact same. I'd be greeted the same, be welcomed in the same and go through the same questions as the, the guys up in up in Perth. And like you said earlier, you got a kind of taste of that when you were on the tour bus mm, with yeah. guys you'd never met and it was almost like you knew them already. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. No, excellent. Um, so, I mean... Nickel Jim, thank you so much for your time today. Like doing this again <laughs> as well. I, I, I can't actually stress how much I appreciate this. No, no do it again tomorrow and Friday. Yeah, <laughs> if, if we can get a message out there yeah. that it is okay to talk, you're not a burden, and there are people that do care, then we'll do it every day. Like yeah. Jim said, I would happily speak to anybody and just say, look, just. Just talk about it. It is okay to talk, and we'll yeah. we'll get through this together. So. Yeah, so yeah, you can find the guys on Facebook by searching for Andy's Man Club Perth, and you can also find Andy's Man Club the the national page as well. Uh, links to all the social media will be on the website on our website as well at fcpod.net. So this podcast is part of the Fair City Podcast Network which is a group dedicated to helping start and develop local podcasts such as the American Football Cast, A Bloody Mess Podcast and the Science of Fiction Podcast. If you are from the local area and want to start your own podcast do get in touch. Uh, this podcast specifically is also a member of Brit Pod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com for more information. 
Also, big thanks to my favourite band, Army of Freshmen, for our intro music. Uh, and once again, a massive thanks to both you guys. And if, you li- if you're listening just now and you do only take one thing away from this episode, please make it this, that it is okay to talk. Definitely. Yep. Yeah.